Hey everybody, it's Stefan Barrett with Feed the Machine. Today we have Drew Dalton of Real Thread. I invited Drew to our studio to talk about how he built a digital operating system for his custom screen printing business. We talk about what scared him to death about the project and why he did it anyway. That's today's topic on Feed the Machine. <laughs> Drew, thanks for coming and joining me on Feed the Machine. Let's jump right in. So you're the founder of RealThread. Tell me what RealThread is. Well, you know, RealThread, um, I mean, at the heart of it, uh, we're a custom screen print company. I mean, we make amazing t-shirts. Uh, we, you know, try to make t-shirts that we kind of say people are going to love to wear and talk about. Uh, they're t-shirts. They're fun, you know. Um, they're an everyday item, and uh, it's not a suit and tie, you know. It's just it's a casual t-shirt. So at the heart of it, I mean, we're a, a custom screen printing t company. Um, we like to have a lot of fun around it, you know, and and just try to make it a great experience for our team, for our customers, and um, you know, and, and all that comes and goes with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the heart of it, uh, we make t-shirts. So there's not going to be a custom uh, necktie line. I don't think up. we'll go there. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So I, I want to know when you decided to start this, what, what was happening? Like what, what happened in your life where you're like, I've got to start this business. Right. Right. Well, it, it all goes back actually to college. Uh, I was, I was in, in school and I was buying a lot of custom printed t-shirts just for organizations that I was involved with. And so uh, I noticed I was at a big campus, University of Central Florida, 50,000 students. And it seemed like everyone in Orlando was, they were all buying their, their custom shirts from one company in town. And, uh, you know, be, me being young and naive and um, overly ambitious, I said, hey, these guys aren't that great. Let me give this a shot. And I knew nothing about printing t-shirts. I had no idea how it was done, but I did have a younger brother at Clemson at the time uh, that he, oddly enough, was a graphic communications major, and he did know how a t-shirt is printed. He did know what a squeegee is, and so, you know, he told me a little bit about it, and I found a company in Seattle that would actually train me on this equipment if I bought my equipment from them, so I flew to Seattle you know, bought some equipment, spent three days there learning how to do it. And, uh, and before I even went there, I'd, you know, taken my first order, you know, um, for the university for like a thousand t-shirts. Uh, and that was before I even knew what I was doing, knew how to print. So that was kind of the start of it. It was just in school, um, saw an opportunity and wanted to try to figure out how to do it. And just, Hey, you know, you're in school, you need, you know, you need a kind of part-time job. So I figured, Hey, I'll just create a part-time job. All my friends were bartending. Bartending was not my thing. I'm a morning person. So being out until three in the morning, you know, every night bartending was just not going to cut it for me. So I had to figure out something else that I could do. So I said, Hey, make it t-shirts. Nice. And I can't do those mornings either. So I totally understand. So there you are, you started a company. Um, you had your first thousand shirt order and now you're operating. Tell me what it was like in the beginning. Like, how did things scale for you? 
And what was that growth like? Oh gosh, it was chaos. I mean, but I think I think you have to expect that. And I think if it's not chaotic, then something's probably wrong. Um, and you're maybe moving too slowly, or actually maybe you're moving too methodically at first. Um, and so it was crazy, you know. Um, and I yeah, I still go back to the days that we were scheduling our jobs, you know, um, in Excel or on a whiteboard and our purchase orders were in Excel and we were just, you know, manually updating every single next PO number and whatnot. And so that's crazy, you know, and that doesn't scale. Uh, but it works, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, and that, you know, that system was not crucial to our customer's experience. Um, so it wasn't prioritized, you know, early on. And so, um, but it was crazy and chaotic, but so much fun. That's awesome. And so uh, I want to fast forward to a time where we sat down a handful of years ago and you were telling me about some of the things that you wanted to do and some of the maybe challenges that you were facing and what, what was that like? Share, share with us what we, what we were talking about this, that time. Yeah. So that was probably, I mean, I, I can't even remember, but I'm going to say four years ago. And, so. uh, and so that was, let's say, let's say real thread was, you know, birthed for, you know, eight, four years prior to that. So, um, so real thread is maybe four years old at that point. And, you know, uh, yeah, we'd hired some, you know, hired a, a small team and, you know, we we're just, we we're getting busier and, and, uh, and we were in a bare facility at that point. And so things just, you know, escalate a little bit and get a little more, get again, just get a little more serious. So, uh, we, we were certainly having some pain points, um, with the current kind of like off the shelf database that we were using. We were in a, in a legacy, like FileMaker app. Um, that again was well built for screen printers. Um, you know, if you just want to be a traditional screen printer, you know, but that's not what I envisioned for the organization. You know, there was, there was more that I wanted to do with it in terms of, um, automation, systematizing things, creating experiences that we couldn't necessarily create in this, you know, legacy FileMaker app that was off the shelf and, you know, kind of locked down, right? You know, it wasn't open source, you know, we couldn't get in and customize it all that much. Um, and so, yeah, you, I, I was telling you some of these pains, I think, um, and, and you uh, were out of your mind at the point, at that time and said, hey, you need to build your own operating system. And I said, you're crazy. <laughs> and that, you know, there's no way we could afford to do that. And it would take so much time and so many resources in terms of developers and cost and just way bigger project than, you know, I thought we could undertake. Um, and so... So yeah, that but that was the start of something, um, and that was the first seed that uh, that eventually you know um, has has been born and came to fruition. Nice, yeah. And and so, what was it like in in planning? Basically, you've got a, a, a an operating system that you're currently in, but it's very manual. It's uh, it's very paper generated or, or uh, it starts there. And, and what was it like planning that out? Like, how did you take all of that stuff into, well, this is what we need to build? Well, it was probably figuring out, you know, what were the crucial elements? You know, what was that app doing well? Um, and and just what, you know, 
what were the most important elements to to that we need to build first? You know, there's so many things that you could build, but there's a few that are kind of mission critical. And so just figuring out, hey, you know, having some vision for it, um, what did we need to start building? What was essentially the MVP, you know, that we needed to essentially ditch the old system and go live with the new system? Um, and so just kind of mapping that out and, uh, and just starting somewhere, um, you know, again, not being overly methodical about it because again, I think you can get, you know, frightened and, and, you know, paralysis by analysis, but, um, you know, we had to start somewhere and so just jump into it, you know? And did you find that when you had that start somewhere mentality, um, did you feel like I'm throwing the dice here? Definitely. Yeah. Um, because there was a couple routes that we talked about going down in terms of, you know, building a custom system for us ourselves or, you know, building a custom database. There was just different technologies that we talked about using. There was different partners that we looked at. Um, and so, yeah, that was scary. You know, it was and, and it was a big decision. Um, looking back on it, we made the right one. But that was scary. You know, deciding, hey, which cart are we going to put all of our eggs in, you know? Um, and so, but we did it, you know, but it was very, very, very scary. If you had to, if you were able to go back and, and console your, (laughs) for your younger self on that decision, what would you say? Like, what would be the thing that you would help yourself feel better around that decision today? Oh man, you know I um I tend to analyze things quite a bit. Um, our our major equipment manufacturer once told me that when I was getting ready to you know make a pretty good sized purchase in, in some equipment, he said he he told me the rep did that I asked more questions and analyzed it more than anyone he'd ever come across. You know, so I certainly took that approach into this decision, uh, just because of you know the commitment that it was. Um, so, but getting started, I mean, I don't think I actually even realized the asset that it was going to become um, and how valuable it was going to become. A little bit of the new system was, yeah, certainly some wants and desires and vision for, you know, what we can make it become. But I mean, honestly, uh, some of it was me chasing, you know, the new shiny object, you know, because <laughs> I you tend to do that. Yeah. And so that was certainly a little bit of it as well. Um But I I think just, you know, I would go back and just try to fully grasp the vision that, you know, what what can it do for the business? You know, how is it going to help scale Um, and just uh, getting rid of so many manual processes that don't scale that are a pain for your staff to do? You know, that's a big piece of it is, you know, making their jobs more enjoyable. So. Um, just the vision for that, you know, it, that, that, Hey, at the end, when you do build this thing, it's going to benefit the organization in so many different ways. And I want to talk about the people aspect of this for a second. Did you get any pushback from the staff? Yes, certainly. Um, uh, definitely did. And because one of the reasons why we got pushback was because, we we ended up you know we ended up building this on the Salesforce platform okay is what we chose to build this on and we were using Salesforce for a long time this is a whole another story but we were using Salesforce for a long time as a traditional like CRM right um, sales team inputs their leads in there 
tries to update a few things so that, you know, the management can pull some reports and understand what they did for the day, right? And try to understand, hey, what's coming down? What's the forecast? And so we'd been using it in that manner. And I guess maybe this is even the crazy part. Before we made the decision to build on the Salesforce platform, I called my Salesforce rep and said, hey, I'll call him Chris. I forget his name at the at that point. But I said, hey, Chris, you know, um, I'm going to let my licenses expire next month. I just wanted to let you know before this happened. And he said, and I, I you know, I go on and said, hey, we're going to use this other system. It's, you know, a quarter of the cost and we're just not getting value from these licenses. And he said, hey, you know, totally understand. Um, however, before you do that, come meet me in San Francisco next week um, or in two weeks um, to come to our big annual conference. And I said, okay, I'll buy a ticket, you know? he So basically he sold me a $600 ticket and <laughs> I ended up in San Francisco two weeks later, right? Yeah. So, but that was actually one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, and I thank him for pushing me to do that because I've been back now every year since. And, and that was certainly a big piece of, you know, give, helping me create this vision for what it could be and understanding that the Salesforce platform is so much more than a CRM. Um, and, and so that was really a, you know, a, a, like a tipping point for making this decision and, and moving forward. I see what you mean. And so what were some of the things that the, the people that decided to push back, like, what were they saying? Like, what was the thing where, oh, this doesn't feel comfortable. I feel like this isn't what we should be doing, that type of thing. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was them pushing back on. Uh, not having the vision, you know, part of it is just they don't know what you as the leader know. Um, and so they just didn't see the full picture, you know, and and there's times where you want to share the full picture. You know, there's times that you don't um, just to not, you know, confuse them with what's happening. But and so that was part of it, you know, starting to actually, you know, sell it, you know, um, sell the internal team on why we're making this decision, why we're going to invest these resources over the next 12 months into this. And so that's just that internal sales, you know, that you have to go through. Right. And so that was a big piece of it. Um, it was, but they would push back, Hey, this thing's slow. There's, you know, there's too much data entry. It doesn't make sense for our business. Look how it's built. We don't operate this way. Um, you know, we don't send emails like the, yeah, there was, you know, there was a, a whole slew of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, then that's when you have to put on your sales hat. Right. <laughs> and so you basically uh, sold them on this concept of there's a bigger picture here. We're really moving toward this 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 goal. Um, so tell me, you start development and you're now into this. You decided to dive in. Were there any challenges along the way that were specific to development um, that you went through and, and things you learned from it? Yeah, you know, I, um, I kind of dove in and tried to learn like uh, uh, enough development that I could have really intelligent conversations with the developers. And so that was where I just spent, you know, months kind of learning and understanding the architecture and, um, and the relationships and uh, of the database. And so that was a big piece of it. And me kind of being the champion on our team for this is I wanted to be able to, I wanted to know enough to have really intelligent conversations with the developers um, so that I could get the vision in my head and share it with them in a way that they would understand. Um, 
So that was a big piece of it. We've been so fortunate that we've had really good developers um, on this thing, and that's never been actually a pain point. And I mean, I've had other projects that development did not go well, but we've had really solid developers on this thing. And so that's been so, so helpful. And we've been, again, just really fortunate there. Um, but uh, so so overall, I mean, development went well. I mean, we never hit any ginormous snags. Um, there was, you know, there was times that we had to, you know, uh, change direction a little bit. But uh, we've been fortunate, and and you know, maybe that's part of it's just you know planning and and understanding the architecture and what's possible and what's not. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a good journey, a lot of fun. So w- tell me, what does a good developer do versus a bad developer? I, I mean, I think number one is just reliability, you know, delivering on time um, and being on schedule. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, if, if we lay out a schedule, the fact that the schedule is actually met um, and not just continually push back. Um, and uh, and so that's that's the biggest one for me It's just the consistency of continual, you know, being on time. How did you manage how you were working with the developers when it come when it came to the idea that you said we changed direction a little bit and so it sounded like you went down a specific road and maybe it was more exploratory let's let's see what happens with, if we build this this way um, but then you found out well maybe that doesn't work the best way there what happened in those kind of situations yeah some of it I mean is even uh, is even changing like not changing the business model, but just changing some of the processes, you know, so maybe we start doing a process one way, but the organization grows, develops, you want to change something a little bit. So just having a system now that you've kind of custom built that you're able to change, you know, that's a beautiful thing. You know, uh, if you have something kind of off the shelf that you're not able to customize a whole lot, it may work well, you know, for you doing it one way. But if you want to change your business, evolve into a new process, just having a custom built system that you can do that for, you know, or do that in is just hugely, hugely valuable. So I think there was some of that, you know, that we just kind of changed, you know, the way we operated a little bit over time. Some of it was even, I just didn't understand the architecture well enough that made, you know, made changes then. Um, so that was part of it, but, um, but yeah, you know, nothing crazy. So tell me about then when you first implemented this after the build cycle, you get to a place where, like you said, the MVP, we've got it in a place where we can ditch the old system and now move to this new system. What did, what was the implementation like? Well, there was, uh, you know, I was moving over an entire accounting, accounting system at the same time. Wow. So I ended up saying, hey, we're going to do this on one one, you know, at the end of the year um, or essentially the beginning of the new year. So. That was an interesting like Christmas and New Year break for me, uh, <laughs> sure. Because you know, uh, I was I remember being in the office at four a.m. on New Year's Day, um, moving over accounting information. Wow. You know, so that was that was just one thing that that we did again, just moving over all the accounting information. So, um, but overall, I mean, it, it, we launched thing, certain things weren't ready. But it was kind of a, hey, one one only happens once every 365 days. <laughs> so there was kind of uh, there wasn't waiting another 365 days for this thing. It was right. it was going live, yeah. um, whether we liked it at that point or not. So, uh, 
so you know we we turned it live again earlier than you know what was perfect but uh i think you have to do that you know um if you wait until it's perfect you're never going to launch it we've gotten into that trap on plenty of other projects this was not one of them but um we have been in that trap before so um but uh yeah launch day came and uh and yeah, I mean, it was a rough, it was a rough few months. I mean, <laughs> it really was while we continued to develop in this thing in a live system at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but, uh, but we had to do it. It was, I mean, I, I still looking back, it was the right thing to do, you know, launching when it was undone, you know, wasn't complete. It was still the right thing to do. Did you have a, a very structured release schedule or was it, oh, we improved that let's just go with that improvement as soon as it's done, like continuous release. Yeah. It's just continuous. I mean, it's not structured. Um, it's just, Hey, it's done. Push it live, you know? Right. (laughs) And that was the best way for you to start just moving into whatever new feature you wanted to implement at the moment. It's like, okay, we need to fix this thing. Let's do that and get that fix out there so that we can start using it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, just looking at those continual releases, you know, which releases are going to add the most value. Um, generally, this is to our internal team, you know. And so that's I mean, that's a big filter that I use. Which one is going to add the most value to our team um, that we can kind of release, you know, most quickly. So that's just a little bit of the way I prioritize things. Um, and so. So, yeah. So you've got at that point you made a decision to build your own operating system essentially you went through all the development you've got a release and now you're operating uh and then looking back at this point you said at the beginning like this was one of the best things a really good decision that you guys made tell me about the efficiencies now what what has this done for you overall as a a, an operating system and how you guys operate oh man i mean it's ridiculous i mean i could go on and on about it um (laughs) But it's it's absolutely amazing. It really is. I mean, one metric that I have have kind of looked at that I'm really proud of is our our account executives. They're kind of our our internal sales team. Um, they they doubled their productivity four months into the release. Wow. Okay. So they were they were working on twice the number of orders four months after this release. And so just by looking at it that way, you know, we only have, you know, now we have, uh, what, two, three account executives. So we, you know, at that point, though, we probably still had two. you know, it would have taken us four people to be doing the amount of work that we were doing in the old system. But we are now able to do it with just two people. Um, And so, you know, obviously freeing up some resources there um, in terms of those extra hires being able to put those resources back into the database, continue to reinvest in the system. Um, I mean, that's one that I'm super proud of, but there's been a ton of others, just the automation that we have. Um, I, I mean, things just in terms of, again, getting, you know, this will get specific in terms of our business, but, um, you know, purchase orders coming in later than expected and and the ramifications that, that has on an order's deadline um you know one thing gets updated in the system and then it queues off a number of other workflows and processes to have to automatically update new you know production schedule or whatever it may be um there's just been a lot of i mean tons of benefits um and and optimizations that we've had like that but uh, i mean it goes on and on and you know you guys do uh, high-end uh, 
t-shirt printing. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with technology, but do you now consider yourself kind of a technology company? Yeah, definitely. I mean, technology is a huge part of our business. Um, and I just think, you know, it, it's going to be for every business, you know, um, I mean, it already is for every business in some way or another, but, um, you know, I think the, the, you know, the best ones will, you know, figure out how to use technology, um, in an advantageous way to improve their business. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, we're not a technology company, but to an extent we do have a a technology aspect to our business. You know, we do have developers, um, that are continually working on things. Um, I mean, I just think you, today's day and age, you have to, I mean, there's not a, there's not another choice, you know? Um, so, I mean, even if, you know, even if you're a restaurant, you know, there's things that you can be doing as the entrepreneur of that restaurant, um, where technology will greatly benefit your business. Um, and, and just so, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's never ending, you know, um, technology is only, you know getting deeper and deeper ingrained into business, um, and into our lives. I mean, look at our lives, right? Um, it's just not, it's not just business. It's personal now too. Um, so, so yeah. So last question I ask, I want to know three pieces of advice that you would give someone who wants to create a faster, stronger, more reliable business. Like what are, what are three top things that you feel like are critical to reach that? Well, I mean, one of them, one of the biggest, um, is, is how do we create a more enjoyable experience for our staff? Um, and for, I mean, the way that we've kind of approached that one, one big piece of it is through technology. Um, we can, can create more enjoyable experiences for our staff if, you know, we automate certain things. If the system just does things for them, if they can, you know, uh, stop doing certain tasks that are just, you know, tedious, monotonous, um, things that you can write code to solve, um, and to do for you. So that's, that's, you know, one of my personal, you know, kind of ambitions and goals. Um, I want to create an organization that people love to be at, to work at, um, and so technology is a big piece of that and on how we do that. So, um, you know, going back to that example where our account executives were twice as efficient as they were previously, I mean, they quit doing tasks that they probably didn't love doing, you know, um, it's not that they were necessarily able to, um, talk to twice as many people, you know, um, or, or that they were talking to twice as many people, but cause that's maybe an aspect of their job that they love to do. You know, we didn't remove that aspect from them. Um, because you know, technically, yeah, you could figure out a way to eliminate talking to people on the phone. Right. But that's an aspect that they, they really enjoyed. That's an aspect that was really important to our business. So we didn't figure out, you know, we didn't write code to solve that problem. It was maybe the email that followed up the conversation. Um, it was the, you know, creating a quote post conversation, um, or even, you know, creating a quote during the conversation. How can you make that really quick for them to do so that they can, you know, email it during the conversation or as you're hanging up saying, Hey, I just hit send, you know, not spending 15 minutes after that call to create that quote for them. 
Um, it was those types of things that were able to, you know, we were able to do, automate, and then let them keep the aspects of their job that they really enjoyed. Um, and obviously, you know, creating that in more abundance, you know, so if there's areas of their role that they really like and they're spending 50% of their day doing it and 50% of their day doing things they don't enjoy, well, you know, how great is it as an organization, right? If you can, it's a win-win. I mean, they now spend 100% of their day doing the things that they love, right? If their productivity doubles. And yet the win for the organization is we didn't have to hire someone, you know, an additional person to gain this additional production capacity that we just had. So, I mean, it's a win-win. They they enjoy their jobs and the organization is more profitable because of it. Um, so that's a that was a big one. Um, just, just, hey, you know, what can you do to create a better experience for your staff? Um, so that's one piece of advice. Um, another piece of advice, I mean, again, not waiting, just just doing it, starting somewhere. Because um, again, if, if you wait until it's perfect, I mean, in terms of launching, if you wait till you to launch until it's perfect, you're never gonna launch. If you wait to start development until, you know, you have, I mean, uh, until time X, whatever that may be, whatever your excuse is for not starting now, um, you need to start somewhere, you know? And so just start, you know, even yourself as the champion, as the entrepreneur, as the visionary, just starting starting somewhere. And that may even just be like learning the technology yourself. You know, maybe that's the starting point. You know, maybe it's not hiring a developer and pouring in tons of money into development. It's just you spending, you know, three hours a week or something, you know, learning what's going to come. Um, learning what technology you're going to use so that you can have those intelligent conversations with the developer. Um so that would be number two, just just start somewhere. Um, number three, goodness, um, I mean, just understand or try to understand how much better your organization is going to be because of this. Um, try to, you know, see that, hey, this is what it's going to take for us to, you know, 10x the organization. Um, and just, you know, look, you know, look at it with rose colored glasses, you know, that, that it's going to be hard, but it's, it is your future. I mean, your that your future may hinge on this. Um, the, the, you know, you enjoying the organization, enjoying still running the organization, um, may hinge on this. Um, for me, I mean, there were so many, you know, there's so many variables in all of our businesses, um, eliminating a lot of those, automating a lot of those, was that was going to put out half of our fires, you know? And so as the, as the entrepreneur, I mean, if, if I can eliminate half the fires that I'm, you know, trying to put out on a, on a daily or weekly basis, um, how much more am I going to enjoy my job or enjoy running the company? Um, and if I enjoy it more, I mean, the staff's going to enjoy it more and we're just, it's going to be a better, better place for everyone. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's a big one, you know, just the vision for, you know, for what the organization can become with this technology if you guys, if you execute it and implement it well. Awesome. So tell tell everyone where they can find out more information about you or RealThread. Yeah, so we're at uh, we're at RealThread.com. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, custom t-shirts people love to wear and talk about. So uh, we focus on really soft, comfortable shirts, um, really soft fabrics, and then a print style that's just as soft and uh, and just makes for a, a great, you know, great t-shirt wearing experience. Thanks, Drew. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. 
Feed the Machine is a podcast created to help you design a faster, stronger, and more reliable business with technology. If your business needs help in that area or you have questions about how to do that, reach out to us at hello at secondform.com. Also, if you love our show, please give us a rating in iTunes to help us reach more people like you. So there's one thing that we do with our guests and everyone's been very accommodating so far and it's kind of fun. I'm having everyone say, feed the machine in any kind of weird, funny, you know, maybe it's an impersonation of their favorite actor or whatever. Okay, cool. Would you like to participate? Yeah, 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 totally. I I remember, um, I remember from the Office Vibe one. You've got to make your introduction amazing. Feed the machine. (laughs) Does that work?